Hello, and welcome to Chapter 2 of Sleepy Stories, a Daddy-Daughter Podcast. Today we'll be continuing on with George MacDonald's The Princess and the Goblin, with Lydia and I, and you may have noticed that in these early episodes, and for quite a while to come to be honest, we call this Sleepy Time Stories. Well, that's because when I started recording Sleepy Time Stories, as it was called then, I couldn't find any other podcast with that name. But now there is one, and we did most of our recording in one day. So, that's going to be a bit of an artifact going through, but don't let it throw you. We're here to enjoy a good story and have some pleasant dreams. Thanks. Hello again. This is Matt. This is Lydia. And we are reading Chapter 2 of George MacDonald's The Princess and the Goblin. Ready to go? Goblins are kind of like doors, and that's funny. Oh, like dwarves, not like doors, right? Yeah. They're a lot like dwarves. You're absolutely right, especially the way MacDonald writes them. I'd say they're a whole lot like dwarves. Okay. Chapter 2. The Princess Loses Herself. I have said the Princess Irene was about eight years old when my story begins, and this is how it begins. One very wet day, when the mountain was covered with mist which was constantly gathering itself together into raindrops and pouring down on the roofs of the great old house, whence it fell in a fringe of water from the eaves all round about it, the princess could not course go out, of course go out. She got very tired. Even her toys could no longer amuse her. You would wonder at that if I had time to describe to you one half of the toys she had. But then, you wouldn't have the toys themselves, and that makes all the difference. You can't get tired of a thing before you have it. It was a picture, though, worth seeing. The princess sitting in the nursery with the sky sealing over her head at a great table covered with her toys. If the artist would like to draw this, I should advise him not to meddle with the toys. I am afraid of attempting to describe them. Your head okay? And I think he had better not try to draw them. He had better not. He can do a thousand things I can't, but I don't think he could draw those toys. No man could better make the princess herself than he could, though. Leaning with her back bowed into the back of the chair, her head hanging down, and her heads in her la- her hands in her lap, very miserable as she would say to as she would say herself, not even knowing what she would like, except it were to go out and get thoroughly wet and catch a particularly nice cold. What does what does thoroughly mean? Thoroughly, all the way. Thoroughly. Thoroughly. Thorough. Thoroughly. Th th th. Thorough. Th. 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 See my tongue on the teeth? Thur. Oh. Nope, you're furrowing it. Th. Th. Thorough. Thorough. That was much better. (laughs) Mm. 
except it were to go out and get thoroughly wet and catch a particularly nice cold and have to go to bed and take gruel. What does gruel mean? It's like watery oatmeal. No one really likes that. I don't... Black. Yeah, but I guess if she had a bad cold, maybe she wouldn't feel like eating anything else. Yeah. It's kind of the same as giving you toast like you had this morning since you're feeling sick. Because you have a particularly nice cold today, don't you? And you have blue eyes. Do you think you're a little bit like Irene? Mm-hmm. I do, too. She's a little older than you. But she's also quite clever like you. Mm-hmm. And a good kid. The next moment after you see her sitting there, the nurse goes out of the room. Even that is a change, and the princess wakes up a little and looks about her. Then she tumbles off her chair and runs out of the door. Not the same door the nurse went out of, but one which opened at the foot of a curious old stair of a wor- of worm-eaten oak, which looked as if n- never anyone had set foot upon it. She had once been before been up six steps, and that was sufficient reason in such a day for trying to find out what was at the top of it. Up and up she ran, such a long way it seemed to her, until she came to the top of the third flight. What? Can you not pick at the sticker? Okay. Thanks. There she found the landing was the end of a long passage. Into this she ran. It was full of doors on each side. There were so many that she did not care to open any, but ran on to the end, where she turned into another passage, also full of doors. (laughs) Lots of doors in this story. Yes, so far. When she had turned twice more and still saw doors and only doors about her, she began to get frightened. Door, 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 door. Are you scared of doors? <laughs> no. Well, maybe if you, there were a lot of doors and you didn't know what was behind them and there weren't any real lights around you, it was dark, it might start to get creepy, huh? Yeah, it might. Yeah. It was so silent, and all those doors must hide rooms with nobody in them. That was dreadful. Also, the rain made a great trampling noise on the roof. She... Nice. She turned and started at full speed, her little footsteps echoing through the sounds of the rain. Back for the stairs and her safe nursery. I didn't expect sound effects. This is great. So she thought, but she had lost herself long ago. Uh Uh-oh. It doesn't follow that she was lost because she had lost herself, though. She ran for some distance, turned several times, and then began to be afraid. Very soon, she was sure that she had lost the way back. Rooms everywhere and no stair. Her little heart beat as fast as her little feet ran, and a lump of tears was growing in her throat. But she was too eager and perhaps too frightened to cry for some time. At last her hope failed her, nothing but passages and doors everywhere. She threw herself on the floor and burst into a wailing cry broken by sobs. She did not cry long, however, for she was as brave as could be expected of a princess of her age. After a good cry, she got up and brushed the dust from her frock. Oh, what old dust it was! Then she wiped her eyes with her hands, for princesses don't always have their handkerchiefs in their pockets, any more than some other girls I know of. Next, like a true princess, she resolved on going wisely to work to find her way back. She would walk through the passages and look in every direction for the stair. 
This she did, but without success. She went over the same ground again and again without knowing it, for the passages and doors were all alike. At last, in a corner, through a half-open door, she did see a stair, but alas, it went the wrong way. Instead of going down, it went up. Frightened as she was, however, she could not help wishing to see where yet further the stair could lead. It was very narrow and so steep that she went on like a four-legged creature on her hands and feet. Like your forearms. Yeah, that would also work. Crawling on her knees and forearms, yeah. That would work. So, yeah. That is chapter two of George MacDonald's The Princess and the Goblin. <laughs> as uh, recorded by Project Gutenberg. Did she lose herself? She lost herself by not knowing where she was going and not having anyone to help her. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> yep, so if you need to find a book that's in the public domain, meaning anyone can write it down or print it or read it aloud on the internet, Go to Project Gutenberg. You'll find lots and lots of good kids' stories right there. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, 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 bye.